Hey, remember me? It's Greg from Baseball and Whatever. How are you doing? Hey, that's great. We should do that sometime. Before we get this episode started, let me tell you about Belly Up Sports. Why, it's only the finest source to get your news on the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, fantasy sports, and more. Whether it's through forums or articles, or their extraordinary podcast network, Belly Up Sports has you covered. They are the Internet's Sports Bar. Visit BellyUpSports.com and follow them on all social media platforms. I hope you enjoy this episode and we'll see you soon. Welcome to Baseball and Whatever with your hosts, Justin McAwee. Because I was on campus and I had to appear like I was one of the cool kids, I would put the Star Wars book inside one of my textbooks so it looked like I was just studying for class. <laughs> All right, look, there's only one return, okay? And it ain't of the king, it's of the Jedi. Greg Probst. If you look at most Bond fans movie rankings, they have Casino Royale and Majesties in their top two. For me, these actually rank in the bottom part of my list. I mean, I love them, but they don't compare to Diamonds Are Forever. Stop getting Bond wrong! And Vincent Francis Jankowitz IV. I'm a glorified fact checker. Last I checked, the most runs in a game wins. Actually, I am a fact checker. All right, guys, what's up? This is Justin from Baseball and Whatever. Greg and Vinny are here. Uh, This is not our normal Thursday night episode. This is a special edition podcast. I am shocked if you would have told me about a year ago when we started this whole shindig that uh, we'd be talking to a former MLB All-Star, which is who we have tonight. We're going to interview him. So let me go over some of his uh, accolades and claims to fame. 15 seasons in Major League Baseball, 2,100, man, see, I'm already starting off with a bang. 2,085 games played with, played in uh, 1,990 starts. A catcher had a career uh, slash line of 288 batting average, 366 on base, 378 slugging, and a 744 OPS, 75 home runs, 744 RBIs, over 2,000 career hits. All-time leader in stolen bases among catchers with 189, a a three-time All-Star, Longtime pirate, former A, former Brewer, former Royal, and a one-type Cub. I remember I was so psyched when he got traded to the Cubs. And he yep. did it all without batting gloves, which we'll have to ask him about that, too. But <laughs> if you haven't guessed already, we are interviewing the one, the only, Jason Kendall. Jason, thank you so much for coming on Baseball and Whatever, man. We appreciate it. No, you guys, thanks for having me. Justin, Greg, Vinny, I mean, uh, three brother-in-laws that still get along, and it's it's pretty amazing <laughs> to me. But uh, no, I think it's very cool what, you're, um, what you guys are doing, and uh, I, I, it's, I get a kick out of it. And I was a cub for three months. So, Hey, but, you know, appreciate it. I, that's uh, yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to ask. I'm not going to lie. I'll probably have to ask you some Oh seven uh, questions about that team. Cause that's uh, <laughs> that was an interesting team to say the least, but uh, so yeah, I figured we'll, we'll talk about a variety of things, but uh, Greg, you want to start us off? I know Greg, Greg's the, Greg's running his own little side podcast on our on our show uh, for MLB the show, which is uh, the the video game on PlayStation and Xbox. So, Greg, I know you had a question you want to ask Jason right away about video games. Go ahead. Well, of, of course, I can't help myself. So, I've got to ask before we start. Obviously, this podcast is counting down to MLB the Show twenty two coming up because that might be baseball for some of us for a little while. We'll wait and see. But Jason, obviously, you were in several baseball video games during your playing career. 
Um, we're covering MLB the show 22 on the podcast. You were added to the uh, to MLB the show 19 as a legend. So I just kind of want to know what how that process was like. <laughs> did SDS approach you with permission to use your name and likeness? How did that all go down in uh, no. 2019? Uh, you know what? It, it's, it's all Major League Baseball. You, um, you, you sign. You, as soon as you get in, you sign. They can throw you wherever they want to. Uh, <laughs> okay. Basically. So it wasn't it wasn't any kind of special permission or anything. Oh. They didn't call you up and say, "Hey, Jason, we want to throw you in the game." No, they just decided they, to. And the union will give you the your or uh, the I'm sorry, the alumni or oh, all your I would have give you fifty bucks a year. So. <laughs> it's not like, oh man, dollar check and it's like, yeah. oh, hey, thanks. Well, yeah. that that's interesting because my follow up is because sometimes uh, in these games they you know they'll erase some of the legends or they they claim they can't afford to pay to use for the name anymore. So I didn't know how that came into well, play. I, I'm assuming some of the, the, um, the bigger names. I, I honestly, I don't know. I know Prince Fielder when mm-hmm. I was in Milwaukee, he was on the cover one time and yep. um, yeah. Oh man. We, I, I think I still have probably 25 unopened, uh, <laughs> things in there and, and in the back of my, uh, that's awesome. In my closet or whatever. But, um, so I'm assuming, yeah, obviously if you're on the cover, it's, it's a huge, huge thing. So they probably get a little bit more, uh, sure. But I mean, no, I, all I know about it, it's funny you say that because my son started playing this about 2017 or 18 when he really got into baseball. He's like, dad, you're not even on there. And I'm like, dude, I, I don't know. And I, and I go, you know what? You're right. And there's like, you know, Bob Jones or whoever. And, I'm mm-hmm. like, dad. and, I, don't know. and I said, I, I can't. So whoever put me on there, tell him I said, thank you very much. It's about time. But now I'm. Um, but I mean, I've been all of them. But it's the um, I can't. It's a little cartoon one that I always get asked about. Um, and I can't backyard baseball. Backyard baseball. Yeah, you were known as Patch in the game. Yes, everybody <laughs> says you were so damn good in backyard baseball. Yep. And I googled it one time, and it's like a little cartoon guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess they're yeah, good. Well, awesome. Jason, just so you know, you have a '96 Diamond Card rating. Uh, that is very good. You're using Diamond <laughs> Dynasty, and you have like a. Uh, you have a couple all-star cards too, and you're one of the more uh, uh, prominent uh, catchers, uh, legends in the game. So, and you still are, and you will be uh, continuing on in 19, 20, 21, and upcoming in 22. We'll, we'll have so. to advocate to get you some more uh, checks, though, for this. Though, I mean, they, yeah, they need to be paying you a little better. <laughs> I, I have. It's it's all. I mean, like I said, if you're a big thing, it's an endorsement stuff. But I want yeah. you something in Major League Baseball. They got you after that. Yeah, they got you. Got you know, they, they give you the fifty bucks and. Well, there you go. That's awesome. Oh, that so is so cool. No, well, I, yeah. Whoever threw me in there, thank you. Because now, well, my my son's friends think I'm cool. He he's different. They're all different. That way. They think I'm dad, which is supposed to be that way. Yeah. Anyhow, long story short, is well, cool. Yep. There you go. There you that's, go. That's there cool. it is. Love it. I gotta get that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you have to hook you up with that one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get to some actual baseball. Well, I guess that that might be the only baseball we get this year. We'll see. We'll have to talk about that. But uh, yeah. So, all right. We'll, we'll we'll start now with the official baseball talk. Go ahead, Vinny. Yeah. Um. So, Jason, you were drafted in the '92 uh, MLB June Amateur Draft over uh, 23rd overall. What was it like being drafted like straight out of high school? That's a great. You know, I was very fortunate growing up because I grew up in a baseball family. Mm-hmm. My father played. 12 years in the big leagues, played for the Padres, Red Sox, and Indians. Um, and from 69 to 80, played in three decades. But uh, so I kind of, I had a head start. And if anybody that you guys speak with says that, that uh, being a 
relative of, of a, an ex major league baseball player that, that you don't have a, um, an advantage. They're, they're crazy. They don't know what they're talking about. Cause I definitely had an advantage. Um, so I, you know, I, it's so funny because I look back on that now and it was the mighty six ninety. I was out in California. That's what you listen to to see if who got drafted when they got to mm-hmm. show me, my brother and a couple of my buddies took that off. And you know, it was just a straight took that day off of school. My parents let us and, I can't even remember who it was that was the man, 23rd pick, Pittsburgh Pirates, Jason Kendall. And uh, we went surfing. We, <laughs> I, we all went surfing that oh, day. It was, like, it was one of those things that I won't ever forget because we went we went out. Uh, it was like night surfing. It was probably about four or five and swell was coming in. So we went out and surfed. So it was a cool, cool day. But I mean, I, I wanted to play. The only, I was going to go to San Diego State. My brother was pitching there at the time. And San Diego State was the only school that was going to allow me to play you know, walk on for football and, you know, I had a scholarship for baseball, but uh, I wanted to play. I wanted to play. I wanted to get out, get it started. And and so my parents said, you know what, as long as school's paid for it. And first thing the Pirates did was pay for my, I could still go to San Diego state right now if I wanted to. I won't really promise you that. <laughs> I, mean, I still, still have school. So that, that was what happened that day. I mean, I, People say that I got not low ball. I just want to play. And it was, it was fair. It was, I got $336,000. Listen, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of money. No, no way. However yeah. way you look at it, but now it's that pick now, geez, I couldn't tell you what it is, but I know it's probably above four or 5 million. I mean, I don't know, maybe it, but I know it's millions behind, but oh, I'm so. sure it's right around there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like too now it seems like they're the MLB is trying to make it a bigger thing. Like, don't they? They have like it telecasted on MLB Network now. It's almost like they're trying to turn it into the NFL draft or the NBA draft, where like yeah. it's a must see TV. Which, without a doubt, and, and you know, yeah. they're doing that because it's either way you look at it, baseball is gonna, um, it's always gonna be there. Whether you, I mean, the ups, the downs, COVID strikes, lockout, et cetera, et cetera. It's always going to come back, and you know, the the NFL drafts. Like, obviously a huge, huge deal and as it should be. And mm-hmm. so I'm glad to see actually baseball getting into, we're trying to make it, I don't know if it's ever going to get to like the NFL yeah. style, but um, good for them for them making it a, see the only thing about the, the uh, major league baseball draft is you don't know if you're going to make it or not. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's yeah. these guys that are getting drafted by the NFL. that's why it's, you know, kind of blown up more. So they're playing next year somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, your, yep. your top, however, you know, 30 picks or whatever. They're playing in the, in a baseball. You don't know. I mean, I had, I, I had great names in the draft that I was in. Um, I think Phil Nevin went number one. He got there. Jeter was there. Uh, Johnny Damon, myself. And I can, I, I, I can't think of who else, but I mean, Derek Jeter, number four. Mm-hmm. There were guys ahead of him that I don't even know if they ever, Sniff the big leagues. I I don't know. I know right. you get more chances to try to get to the big leagues. Yeah, they, they're trying to you know get their money's worth. But so I mean, that's the thing about the major league baseball draft is you're not going to get the the viewers that you want because some of these guys will never make it. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking too with like some of the high schoolers you see, you know, drafted high. It's like oh, there they are. We'll see them. You know, depending on the position too, maybe three, four, five years down the line. So. Sometimes it's hard to keep track of some of the exactly. names, and it's such a wide variety of, I mean, high school, between pick, I mean, collegiate what, 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 and high like, school. Yeah, Griffey came pretty much out of high school. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, A. Rod maybe had a year. Um, sorry, about that. I'm, I'm, I can 
you have to get you have to pay your dues and you have to um yeah. you have to perform at the end of the day just like anything else uh well okay now here's a question for you so you obviously get drafted by the the pirates you had a 15-year career you know variety of teams and you know managers do you have one teammate that really stands out as somebody that you you know whether it's somebody you still keep in touch with or somebody that you kind of grew to become good friends with and then do you also have a favorite manager that you played for that really stands out whether it was just the the, the their style if they're more of a player's guy or more of a yeller things like that it's, so i guess what i'm asking you got a favorite teammate or favorite manager that you kind of had a chance to work with um that's a great question um i i want to say manager wise it'd be gene lamont just because i was with him for i believe the majority mm-hmm. of um you know i was I, when i broke in jim leland was the manager yeah and then mm-hmm. i went to florida but um i would say gene lamont um as far as players keep in touch, I, I keep in touch with a handful. I mean, mm-hmm. listen, you're with these guys every day. Yeah. yeah, yes, you make friends and everything. But, I mean, when you have kids, as you guys know, when you have family, things change. So you kind of pick your own friends, to be honest with you. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I keep in touch with, um, you know, a handful of people. I'm trying to think of guys. Like Kevin Young, um, I, I speak with a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Giles and I will text back. Brent oh, yeah. Fielder and I will text back. Well, I mean, this is Mark Kotze. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Just we, I mean, but it's not like in every, you know, council. I mean, I, I get a lot of, right. but it's not like a, Hey, Merry Christmas. No, it's a once a month. Like, dude, what are you doing? Why'd you bring that guy in? or something? <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. Well, yeah. Uh, Katze just got named uh, A's manager. Was that two months ago? Last yeah, month? Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was, that was awesome to see. Cause I mean, we, we've talked about it on the pat on the podcast when he got hired, it was like, when I think of the A's and I was kind of shocked that I think he, I think he had only played three or four seasons with the A's, but like in my mind, it was like, that was his whole career. Cause that's just every time I remember watching A's games as kid, as a kid, like he was always there out in the outfield patrolling, you know, Oakland Coliseum, um, you know, which is, that's a whole other story. What I've heard about Oakland Coliseum. I don't know how that is in general, but, uh, but yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. I, we were kind of taking like, as a visiting player, Justin, you don't want to go in there. So, but as, as playing there, I mean, I played there for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you love it. You fall. Really? It. And it was at the time also when, you know, the Raiders were in Oakland mm-hmm. and um, I can't think of his left name, uh, but Clay, the grounds crew guy there is unbelievable. I mean, there was times where, you know, the Raiders would have Monday night football or mm-hmm. play Sunday, and then 24 hour swap out. That was, I always thought was the coolest thing in the world. Cause. Oh yeah. Next day we'd play or vice versa. And, um, but no, it's fun. And and you know what? I'm pretty sure that's the farthest. And we should have won the whole thing. I, I I can say that now. We ended up getting swept by Detroit in 2006. But we went, we swept Minnesota. And um, we had six days off the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. BP and, and we, well, we, our team was stacked. And then Detroit just came in and then them and the Yankees were, um, they went all five. And yeah they ended up just kicking our butts. But um, it's so funny because um, I was leading off that game, the first playoff game I ever played in. And um, Mark got to, was hitting second. And I, it, listen, everybody looks up at the scoreboard or whatever. And I kind of, the, the longest tenure players who have played and not been in the, um, playoffs where I was number one and Mark Kotze was number two. <laughs> so to make a long story short is, yeah, you know, um, he played there for four years. He dropped by the Marlins and had a mm-hmm. good career. He'll be a good one. It's yeah. I, I know it's, it's kind of weird for us. Cause I feel like we're, we're getting, at least for us, we're, you know, I'm in my mid thirties. These guys are in their, their early thirties, but like, 
all the guys that we grew up watching are either, you know, they're, they're hall of fame candidacy or they're, they're becoming managers now. And it's like, Oh God, where is the time gone? You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's crazy. Finally starting to hit. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of starting to hit us that we're not yep. young, young guns anymore. So but we well, I'll, I'll maybe Trump you guys here. Um, just because I was asked this question a couple of days ago. Um, I made the also team my first year in the 96. Um, and I was locker in between Barry Larkin and Ozzy Smith. Ozzy Smith played with my dad in San Diego, in like '79. <laughs> I can't remember what year it was. And then they he got traded for Tim. And I'm like, I just remember sitting. I'm like, you, damn, you played with my dad. Like you, you're old. I mean, so yeah, he played a while. Yeah, yeah. I, I I told whoever it was I go. I, I lockered next to a teammate of of my father's. Mm-hmm. It's actually even more special, like the Griffies, you know, that yeah. played together. Yeah. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's a pretty cool. That's, that's awesome. You guys are still awesome. babies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're only as old as you feel, you know. Absolutely. So <laughs> that I'm about 80. <laughs> you have an excuse, though, Jason. We don't have an excuse. Oh, kids, you guys got one. You guys yeah, got yeah, that's true. That's true. Yep. And we use it. Yep. We do use it. Yeah. So we use that. Yeah. Excuse, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Jason, I got to ask, uh, you kind of alluded to it. Um, What is, uh, I guess, your favorite and least favorite stadium to visit? Hmm. I would say my favorite one that I, it was Houston, just because it's probably one of the only ballparks I could hit a home run out of. Um, (laughs) And and I think I judge all the, I mean, listen, every ballpark in the big leagues is something special when you get to put a big league uniform on and, and, and play in it. Um, so I always look at it the way I hit um, New York, the, uh, the old Shea Stadium. I mm-hmm. it was just, I just my stats weren't good there. I didn't get that many hits. So I mean, I, if you were to, add, I mean, to answer your question, Houston, great hitters ballpark, um, and uh, New York just I didn't uh, do so well there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, awesome. <laughs> So, Jason, I want to kind of deep dive in a little bit of uh, catching right here. And I'm I'm considered kind of the boomer on this podcast, at least when it comes to baseball. And I, I play I play a little high school and uh, junior college. And but one thing that I cannot wrap my head around is the rise of pitch framing. I have friends whose kids are learning the catcher position and they're kind of being taught glove framing techniques. And these kids are 11, 12, 13 years old being coached at an age where, you know, catchers and, you know, at at this age, they have trouble, you know, like blocking pitches or catching breaking balls in general. And then the other day I turn on college baseball and MLB network and I see these catchers in like these bullshit crouches on one knee or sitting on their ass with runners on base and, their glove is dancing around all over the strike zone, trying to keep the receiving fluid. So I just want to get a big league catcher's perspective. Like what was the, how has training and developing catchers changed? And what was, I know pitch framing has always like been around, but now we're just kind of like trying to quantify it nowadays. So what was, what was pitch framing in, in your playing days? And how does that like rival proper receiving techniques as a catcher? Um, it, well, number one, in my mind, there's no such thing as pitch frame. You just catch the ball where it's pitched. I think it's ridiculous what's going on today. And um, remind me to get back into to the rest of your question, but um, the whole knee thing, pitch frame, it's ridiculous. And what's going to happen, and I was part of six years of this, um, where every game went down 
to the 162nd or 163rd game, and I was part of this in Milwaukee, if we beat the Cubs and the Mets won, and the Florida ended up beating them, I believe, in 2008, then we would have to have one game playoff um, in yeah. Shea Stadium, whatever it was, because we lost the coin toss. But it was six years in a row of that happening. Now, that's 162 games. One, and it's it's going to happen. It's lazy. All it does is it, it gets you in bad habits. Um, now, the game's changed. You have to learn to change with the game, and I understand that part of it. But mm-hmm. it, you just tell the kids out there, you just catch the ball soft like it's an egg wherever it's pitched. Yeah. Getting on a knee, I would say absolutely not. And I always tell them um, big league ball players or college catchers or high school, like, you know, do, do you want to have a family like eventually? And uh, yeah, and I said, well, you're on that knee. You're really exposed down there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you get a 95 mile an hour foul tip and your, your ball's that big because this has happened to me. And, and it was, it, and it looks like a grapefruit. There's a chance you might not have kids if it hits the, I mean, I, I saw an Arizona catcher, Snyder. Snyder took a foul tip. He doesn't have a, a, a left or right testicle. They had to murder. So you're, definitely leaving open a lot more space than you are if you're, but you're not on the balls of your feet. And I mean, I, you mm-hmm. see guys now doing it runners on third. Yeah. And my old man always told me, um, he, he said, you know, you always play like, you know, from behind the play, you always play like there's a runner on third, no matter if there is or not. And you got to be athletic. And the catching position is, is a, it's a more athletic position. And, and I, I think it was kind of my era, w- which started it like myself, Osmus, Mike Lieberthal, like the smaller catchers, not the Engelberg with the snicker bar hanging out of the back pocket. I mean, so it became a more athletic position. And it's such a very important position. But I will say this, the problem, not everybody, because they're making way more money than the actual coaches. And that's what's going on because they want their jobs. They want to keep their job. Yeah. They want to keep their, you know, I'm in the, I mean, but not, and like I said, not all of them, but there are, that mm-hmm. happens a lot. And then you have the front office, um, which I was so fortunate to work for um, Dayton Moore up until about three years ago. And I wanted to raise my family. Mm-hmm. That's why I, they wanted me to go on the road a little more. And I, I mean, I, I might get back into it if I want to later. I don't know. But um, I was so fortunate because I learned the front office part of it. For the eight years I was with them, I watched Mustakas, Hosmer, um, Sal Perez. These guys grow up. Uh, you know, Lindsey Kane. When is a, a when are the World Series? And um, I that was kind of my job. You know, just be like, hey, go and Moose. What are you doing? And I'll give you a perfect example, Moose. What are you doing, man? You're hitting two ten. Like my last six years of, of my career, I was embarrassed to go up because you look at the scoreboard and I was hitting like two thirty. And if I didn't have a three in front of my average, I, I was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And so Moose is hitting like, I go, Moose, you're hitting like 210. There's nobody on the left side of the infield. And at the end of the day, the, the scoreboard is going to dictate what you need to do. I mean, I've never seen anybody. I mean, if there's, it's a one, one game in the um, eighth inning and, uh, or no, a two, nothing game in the eighth inning and you're leading off the inning and there's nobody on the left side of the infield. Learn how to hit the ball that way. I've yeah. never seen anybody hit a two-run home run with nobody on base. It, <laughs> I've never seen it. And in the normal, I don't think I ever will. But then again, who knows? Um, so, you know what I say? Move. Let's go out and work on it. We went out at 2 o'clock when no one's in the stadium. We learned to drive the ball that way. Learned to drive. Next thing you know, he's hitting 320. And, and he's a World Series hero. 
Mm-hmm. All one year, same mm-hmm. thing. Um, Brandon Moss. And I heard him on um, a, a radio station, I don't oh, know, yeah. about five, six months ago, saying like, you know, they're talking about banning the shift. Ban the shift? You're going to put, why? How about beat the shift? I mean, mm-hmm. if you're up, like, dude, you're hitting 210, bro. Hit, there's nobody on the left saying, learn how to do it. I said, I'll be out here at three o'clock. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and beg you to come out because I don't really give a shit. Excuse mm-hmm. my language. <laughs> but uh, if you want to come out and work, I'll be there and I'll help you get to the 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 wherever you need to be. Well, Brandon Moss is out of the game. Mike Moustakis, whether he's playing or not, because he's injured, he's got you know another four years left on a contract with about $50 million. I mean, that's the difference between it's a work ethic thing. And, yeah. and if you want to put the work in, you're going to see that it's the hardest game in the world. Hitting is the hardest thing ever to do in any of sports. And But I mean, if you're giving you, this is another thing that I that I can't stand is you know some of the, the the your boppers. I can't bunt. I can't bunt. Okay. Well, number one, go work on it. But number two is you have fighter pilot eye vision. I mean, yeah, eye hand coordination is so amazing. Yes, you can bunt. You just mm-hmm. don't want to put the work into it. And you have somebody upstairs saying, you know, launch angle, launch angle. Well, yeah. okay. Again, and you can go back. I mean, I can sit here and talk to you guys about this all day long. But I mean, <laughs> go back to the extra innings with runner on second base and nobody out. I couldn't tell you the last time I, I, I saw somebody actually try to hit a ball that way. I mean, you guys are hooking balls over yeah. the third base dugout. And, yep. But that has a lot to do with um, the way – that some of the managers are they they don't have either they don't have enough guts uh to say something there's fear or something like that or the the gm is saying nope this is not no no we we're gonna do analytics listen i'm not analytics so you're talking about framing i don't think there's any such thing as pitch frame getting back to i guess the original question um (laughs) and i don't think there is now there's probably it's just different terminology like some of the analytics right like, and I'll give you another example. So spin rate. Oh, that was a good curveball. I struck him out. Spun a lot. Okay. Well, if a guy throws a curveball and it's hit 500 feet, I personally consider to say that didn't spin as much as it did as the other one. <laughs> so the one that struck him out was a good tight. It's, it was a good curveball. The one that didn't get uh, the spin rate, he hung it. It got yep. hit 500 feet for a reason. Mm-hmm. So it's just how you work it, which is totally fine. It's, it's the verbiage you use. And, but I use a lot of analytics. I mean, as far as uh, it, base runners, I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. don't steal that much anymore, but base runners, whether they know it or they don't, they, they're, they're creatures of habit, as we all are. Yeah. And if you have 50 stolen bases, I'll guarantee you, and they don't even know it, but unless somebody comes down and tells them that 20 of those 50 stolen bases are on a certain count. I'll guarantee you they don't even know it, whether it's one, one, two, because they feel more comfortable for whatever reason. Maybe it's because they, they think a breaking ball might be coming or whatever. I don't know. But, um, but so I use it for stuff like that. I'm mean, obviously, you know who your first pitch swing is. You know, Vladimir Guerrero is going to swing at everything over his yep. head, whatever. You know all <laughs> that stuff going into it if you put your work in. But you have to put your work in to be successful. It's one thing to get to play professional baseball. It's another thing to actually make it. And then it's another thing to actually yeah. get there and stay for a while. Yeah. Yeah. The the problem, the problem I have with it is that so many catchers are judged on their defensive skills 
mainly on mainly on this on pitch frame. He's like, well, he's not, you know, we don't like the way he is behind the plate because he stinks at framing. When I watch baseball, I watch a lot of baseball and I I'll take pitch framing into context and I'll I'll look at a way a catcher presents a pitch, you know, behind the plate really well. But you know, essentially you're fooling the umpire in the end, or you're trying to fool well, the umpire. That in the being end. said, that's a Greg, that's another great question. Um it depends on who's behind the plate. Like if I'm if, if there's not over the last three years, I don't know the the yeah. younger minor, the young younger umpire. But I know like a, a Joe West or or you're older guys. You're yeah. older, like the, yeah. the, if you were doing this stuff, yeah. it's coin toss number one, unless yeah. it's right out the middle. But for the most part, it's you're gonna it's gonna be a ball. I mean, like, what are you doing? You yeah. catch the ball for these kids, catch the ball as soft as you can, wherever yeah. it's pitched. And if a pitcher is consistent and you're might be this far off the plate, but and your catcher's catching it just nice and smooth, mm-hmm. you're gonna get those calls. Mm-hmm. This right here. That's just somebody coming down and saying, like, well, on the computer, which whatever. I mean, it's yeah, to eat the zone, and that's the way the game's going right now. And right. Hopefully it turns back soon. But I mean, you also <laughs> need to get baseball people in there and analytical people in there and work together. But there has to be that's to be like a mediator. I mean, somebody yeah. but you know, for these managers, what they need to do when they go into these interviews and and is Seven oh five starts or whatever time the game starts, I I'm going to run it. Yeah, I mean, and that's it. Kevin Cash, you can look at him. I mean, he got Manager of the Year last year. He did the same thing he did the year before when he took Snell out. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? Because yeah. somebody from up top came down, or they they called the trainer and were yep. like, third time through the lineup. Hey, so yeah. well, I mean, this is where you have to stand up to someone and be like, yeah, he got he did the same thing this year, and I can't remember the actual. Um, in the playoffs, but next thing you know, they, the Rays are out because yeah, he, yeah, he took somebody out and he was dealing, and the Dodgers yeah. were celebrating in the dugout. Yeah. You can oh, see the smiles God. on their face. Now, now the Dodgers are like, sheesh. I mean, <laughs> thank God, thank uh, you, exact, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that's just my opinion, and I, I'm very straightforward. Yeah. But I'd like to think if there's one thing that I do know is I'd like to know a little bit. I'd like to think that I know a little bit about baseball and yeah, what's going on because I know a lot of people are frustrated with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, I know that you have to learn to change with the times. And I, I thousand percent understand that. And it's a different world. But yeah. the scoreboard at the end of the day is going to dictate dictate everything. And if the if it's zero zero in the ninth inning, and you have a, a judge up by all, and there's nobody on the right side of the infield, by yeah. all means, go hit the home run. Yeah, without a yeah. doubt. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's what he, he gets paid for, but. You know, and going back to other things that have happened in baseball, which you guys have all seen, um, it, it, it just blows my mind that somebody won't police. And when when I played, not that it was that long ago, but the players always policed the, the clubhouse. Okay. Like, yeah. Dude, what are you doing? Yeah. And, you know, one of the reasons um, the 2015 uh, Royals won the World Series, Eric Hosmer policed it. You didn't mm-hmm. have okay. to go in and do certain interesting things i mean to, like to, to tell i mean it was very very minimal what you had to go take care of and that was what i did i mean what are you gonna do tell me no <laughs> no yeah. right so um i was kind of a fullback for uh dayton more but anyhow i mean but you had to have somebody in there to police that and and i don't know if it's the way kids are taught now 
you know, I, I, you guys have kids and whatever sports they're in, everybody thinks that their son or daughter is going to be the next uh, Serena Williams or Mike Trout. Yep. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. And so, no. and this That's... is one of those things. I, I watched last night, I watched my son. Um, I have a number one um, ranked uh, wrestler in the state of Kansas, and I have a number two ranked wrestler in the state of Kansas. And wow, it was a fourth um, overtime, and he ended up losing. Mm-hmm. And you know, you watch his parents, and he knows how to act. And this kid was just, you know, he's hitting himself in the head during the match, and I'm just going like, "Geez!" Like, uh, and then he's, hit, but then I, um, my wife told me she goes, "Did you see that person over there jumping up and and trying to do?" Um, I go, yeah, I, was, I think everybody saw what an ass she made of herself or yeah. he, it was the kid's parents. So that's mm-hmm. where he got it from. Yeah. He was wrestling. He ended up winning. He, he beat, you know, my son, but the absolute embarrassment that family must feel today by just acting like jackasses. And you yeah. guys have seen a lot of it and you will see more. More. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. People <laughs> are nuts. How about let the, I mean, it was a great wrestling match. It was like the, it was the regionals to see if you go to state and um, and they'll meet up again. And Karma's a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> you, you really look at it, and so they'll meet up next year, next week in state. And you know they're the two best wrestlers in Kansas. Yeah, you know, when you have it's a little you act like you've been there and done that, and you know apparently other people have them. It it blows my <laughs> mind. Growing up playing, I played ice hockey growing up, and the hockey some of the hockey parents they're they're worse than the kids. You know what I mean? It's it's. Yeah. It's it's in, it's crazy. You you think you get to a certain age and it's like, all right, everyone's going to be level headed and calm. And if anything, it gets worse, you know, especially when you factor in sports, too. I mean, I'm sure, Vinny, you've seen that growing up playing soccer. Greg, you played baseball growing up. I mean, it's it's kind of across the board. So it's insane. It, it just it, it doesn't get any better. You know, it, they just get worse. So I can tell I can tell you're you're from Canada, you know, yeah. I'll, I promise you, I'll try to make my answers a little bit shorter. But I told you, I can get out. I can just go on to no. um, any and everything. And I probably didn't even ask you your framing. Question. No, that's okay. No, well, the the last thing I wanted to touch on that, Jason, if you don't mind, is like I saw this video maybe a couple years ago, but it was um. I'm sure you know who former catcher Sal Fasano is. Uh, played in the big yeah. leagues. I think he was coaching with the Atlanta Braves at the time. And he kind of put on like a, they did some kind of special with him on the art of pitch framing or anything like that. And he crouched behind the plate. I think he was working with, um, I think the catcher at the time was a former White Sox catcher, Tyler Flowers. And they were being interviewed and they were just kind of going over different gloves positioning and how they're, how they're in these certain crouches and, you know, things like that, so to speak. But, you know, for me, at least, you know, when I was a pitcher, the um, working, I mean, you know, just, just having that comfort with the catcher um, just so we were on the same page was just kind of more, more important to me rather than, you know, him trying to, you know, like steal these calls or, you know, set up in a certain way. It just, for me, it was just like, Hey, put, you know, I want to feel, you know, give me the confidence, put that target up there. You know, I'm going to hit it and let's just, let's just, you know, be on the same page and let's work this out rather than trying to get too fancy out there. But I found the video interesting, but just a lot of, a lot of things I saw him too, is like, well, that can just kind of be, you know, correlated with, you know, just kind of like receiving in general, just catching, catching the pitch. I don't know if you, if you've interacted with him at all, or if you have an opinion on uh, any of that uh, or anything. No, I mean, you're, you're dead. I I've came up in the minor leagues with Sal 
Okay. And I, and I like Styles. He's a great dude. Yeah. Tyler Flowers, in my mind, and he got like a, um, oh, he's the best, the worst catcher I've ever seen. A thousand percent, <laughs> without a doubt. Really? Um, he, had, he had a great, yeah. you know, long career. And, you know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I don't know the guy, to be honest yeah. with you. I will say this. I was up there in, um, in a suite watching the game, and um, we were playing the White Sox when I was uh, working with the Royals. And um, something happened, and he missed a ball. And he, <laughs> He called or he wrote a letter to, um, and this is what I was shared with upstairs. Saw it. Um, mm-hmm. That is not my pass ball. That is the pitcher's um, mistake because I. It doesn't. It's wow. A, you're worried more about. Pass I think ball. I heard about this. this. Yeah. Holy cow. Yep. And I'm. I wanted to throw up, and I'm just sitting there going like, so getting back to what you're, what you asked. As far as you better be on, you better be comfortable with your pitcher. Your pitcher mm-hmm. better. If you ask most major league pitchers, I'm not saying all, but I'll guarantee you it's over 50% that they hate their catcher being on a knee. Hate it. But again, who's going to tell them, hey, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it, and it's, I think it's more of like a confrontation um, thing. And people don't like confrontation. I, I'm not talking about fighting. Yeah. I'm not talking about going and fight. I'm talking about comp- like, hey, dude, I don't like you on a knee. Yeah, get up and let's figure something out. I yeah. mean, just talk to somebody about it. So, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that. And I, I mean, he would drop his glove and up and down. And if I was mm-hmm. a pit, yep. I'd be like, what "The hell are you doing?" <laughs> but I mean, it, it worked. I mean, he, he had a great career and he could hit. And I don't know the guy, but I know that he yeah. sent a letter. I know that for a fact because I was right there when it was sitting. Someone goes, "Can you believe this?" And I go, "Huh, yeah." yeah. Well, and and regard is one of the better quote unquote pitch framers. Uh, you know, the last couple of years are part of his career, so to speak. You know, stealing essentially stealing strikes or sabermetrics tracking that yeah. sort, sort oh, of I thing. Know. So, but yeah, pass ball is like you kind of uh, you know where wherever that pitch ended up is like hey, you got sometimes you get mixed up, but you still got to make the play. Well, okay, and, and and he was calling up to be like, hey, I don't want that pass ball. Um, yeah. Right, Dude, you want to remove from the stats, right? The goal of, bro, you're hitting two ten. You're not going to get the yeah. goal of two ten. You yeah. look at it like that, and the whole goal of go. But um, that's but whatever. That's so, crazy. That's too funny. <laughs> Holy cow! Jeez. Uh, um, Jason. So you played um kind of before the whole Moneyball sabermetrics analytics. Uh, you know, became prominent, and then you know, obviously during your career, it became prominent. Did th- those additional analytics change the way you prepared? Uh, you know, for a game or a season? No, not at all. I, I would watch the video, and I, and, you know, I was one of those guys that there's two easy things to do in this game: one's hustle, and the other one's be prepared. That's it. Everything else is difficult. Um, so I was always prepared. Nobody was going to prepare me or nobody's out hustle me. I mean, that's just the way I was taught from a generation my old man played in where, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm doing what I'm doing now, which is watching my kids grow up because my old man never could. He went through a lockout and two strikes. He made more as a big league coach than he ever did as um, a player. And he had some decent years. I mean, you got some, he, he, I think he hit 280 one year and had in 73 hit. I don't know exactly stuff, but I mean, he had some good years. Um, but he made more as a coach, which was about a hundred thousand dollars. This is, you know, I don't know, 2008 or not, whatever. And, um, then he ever did as a player, but I mean, I never saw him. He was, he had to come home and work construction. He had to come home and, and, and work at UPS. 
So, I mean, I, even in the offseason, I never really saw him. That's what I always want to do as far as my, but I mean, going back and, and it goes back or to what's going on today is, you know, I was fortunate enough to make the money that I made because of players like my dad who did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the first time in, and the reason that and this lockout will end and everybody needs baseball and it'll come back. But the reason they're in this right now is, is because the last um, deal that, I don't know if it was five years ago for, I don't know. I don't know the exact is they let a little bit slide the, the um, players. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, whoa, 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 we're the strongest union in the world, which they are. And timeout, we got to get our, um, so that's why it's just going on a little bit longer. And I, I, I honestly, I don't know that much about it. I, I know that, um, you know, I was a rep one year and then it just got to be too much. So mm-hmm. um, other guys took over. So, um, but that's what's going on right now with it. And, and they'll, they'll figure it out. And, They'll be pissed, and in another four or five years, they'll be pissed again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all because of those what what you know the players in my dad's era did. They're the mm-hmm. ones who stuck their necks out for. I mean, listen, my broke in the big leagues. I was getting one hundred nine thousand dollars a year, mm. a lot of money. Yeah, it's six hundred thousand mm. dollars now, and that's going to go. That's going to be bumped up. This is for a rookie. I'm sorry. This is for a yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, right, and. It's going to go higher. It's going to go. I mean, so I just hope that, and this is another thing that I tried to let other guys know that, Hey, this is, it's a serious thing. Know as much as you can mm-hmm. about it. And you know what, next thing you know, you're going to be a veteran and you teach this to the the, the younger generation the, the, or the next generation. And that's what I always tried to do, but I don't even know what the question was, but I, went off that. <laughs> no, that's, we, we were talking about, we're like, how can we bring up the lockout to Jason? Cause obviously, you know, we don't, we don't want to cause any waves or rifts or anything or future, you know, talk. job it's stuff for you, job. but, <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I think you nailed it. I mean, it's, you look back at how players, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, you know, working second jobs and third jobs in the off season, or like, you know, the minor leaguers who are, you know, work at their bag and groceries or substitute teaching in the off season just to make things meet, you know? So yeah, hopefully, hopefully the two sides will, you know, cooler heads will prevail, but yeah, I totally understand the players want to get their peace and kind of get back to where they were. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense to us. I mean, is, is being outsiders. I'm just kind of hoping the owners kind of finally realize that too, but that's, that's the big, the big check right there. So we'll see what happens. But I mean, um, at the end of the day, if, if you're not, Playing spring training, Arizona, and Florida lose so much money. I mean, yeah, they do. I mean, it's it, and they will get there. I mean, eventually. But I mean, those two weeks of of you know pitchers catchers and the whole you know a week and then the the full team comes in and there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of, I mean, Arizona, Florida. I've been in both, but I mean, just the 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 from your restaurants to mm-hmm. people flying. In, I mean, it's there's a lot of money. So, but at the end of the day, once the the, the opening day i mean these owners are going to be losing a lot of money then so are some of the players and obviously it sucks for the you know that your minor leaguers it sucks yeah. for yeah. the guys in the bubble you know your your utility and your fielder your you know the guys that haven't you know obviously your stars they're like eh, whatever i don't care yeah. I mean, you know that's i mean that, like i said i'm, I'm very straightforward and, and sometimes i get in trouble actually a lot i get in trouble but <laughs> I mean, that, if people want to hear what the, that's what's going on mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's yeah. it's, it's real life stuff. I mean, it's not like a, it's a, but I feel bad for the, the, um, the younger generation. My yeah. Younger. Like you it said, it, it goes, it trickles down. It's a trickle down effect. Oh, for sure. For sure. 
Um, before, before, obviously, I know we're running short on time, so I, I, I have to ask you this: being a Vinny and I are diehard Cubs fans, warts and all, especially the last couple of seasons, they have been oh boy, it's been a train wreck. But uh, you know, you got traded to the Cubs in 07 for Rob Bowen and Jerry Blevins, who I, I vaguely remember Jerry Blevins growing up, but uh, I think he was a minor league pitcher. I want to say he was a pitcher Pitch for the Mets too. For That's right. That's right. Yeah. So I guess my question for you is: there any? Anything unique you remember about your time in Chicago, whether it's just the city, the Wrigley, the the atmosphere, the players, the I think Lou Pinella was managing at that time, if I'm not mistaken. Anything in particular that kind of stands out as your time in Chicago, despite it only being three months? Well, I, I mean, I know it was, you know, we're in a pennant race. I, you can't beat Wrigley um, going in there and just I mean, and everybody says it, so I, I don't want to you know, <laughs> that because it, it, it is a cool place to play. And I, I love going in there as a visitor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, I love playing for him. It's, um, that whole three months that I had there was awesome. And it was, what was cool is, is, is I hotel hopped. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was there for three months. I didn't yeah. know. So I mean, yeah. I was popping at different hotels and, and, you know, it, it was just awesome. It was like a cool three month <laughs> little vacation for me. And I got to play baseball. Um, but it, it was cool. And then I will say the one thing that popped in my mind was we go to Arizona. Well, actually there's two things. We go to Arizona we get uh, beat the first two games there. And then, you know, Ted Lilly threw his club down, which I still, it just makes me laugh every time I think about it. It was just yep. like, then we come back and I'm um, getting a cab, good drop off for the going into the clubhouse. And there was somebody with that signs, wait till next year. We'll get him. <laughs> I'm thinking, like we still got, him. yeah. I mean, it's the best out of five the last time I checked, but so that, I still- think out of that. but I mean, I, yeah. I uh, I love it there. And the fact that I can say that I played for the, that's just like cool. Cause I'm a baseball fan mm-hmm. just like you guys. So yeah. A, it was yeah. a great time. It was one in, uh, when you win, it makes everything better. So that was a fun three months. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Oh, Greg, I'm sorry. I always love, uh, my, uh, my Jersey numbers, uh, so to speak. Um, you wore number 18, your whole MLB career. Oh. What any significance behind uh, number 18? That's a great question, and I love that, Greg. You're you're hot. You're I tell you, I like it. Um, <laughs> From my game today, <laughs> I, was, I went to um, spring training the year that I in '96. Um, I was number 52, and um, when I Leland told me I made the team, I um, like 52. <laughs> I see. I grew up probably like you guys. Like I knew everybody's number. That's how mm-hmm. I. Yeah. I still to this day, my address. I'm like. Okay, you know, Ozzy Smith, blah, 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 blah. And I can, that's how I remember my address or, you know, credit card numbers or whatever it means. Mm-hmm. It, it's ba- old baseball players that I like. Yeah. Um, so, um, but my dad wore five, 16, and 18 in the big leagues. Okay. And I think he wore 18 with the Red Sox, but, um, but he was five and I was number five in high school. And my mm-hmm. brother was number 16 when he played because he was, he's two years older than I am. But, um, and Vance, I had gone, and I I went up to our um, equipment manager, Roger Wilson, after I was told I made the team, and I'm like, hey, can I change numbers to 18? And he goes, uh, yeah, you know who wore 18 um, before? And I says, I don't know who. Uh, oh yeah, Vance, like, mm-hmm. so all right, I don't, I'm like, I'll make sure that 18's taken care. Of. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he gave 18, and you know the cool part about it is I was 18 everywhere I went. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll try to make this quick though. It's really funny. It's Milwaukee. I get going for a pre- sign with Milwaukee after Chicago. And, um, I get, uh, I show up the press conference and they give me number 18 and I'm like, cool. I, I didn't, I didn't pay attention to who wore what. Well, halfway through the year, not even halfway quarter through the year, uh, 
somebody comes up to me and says, Hey, do you know that Gabe Gross wore 18 last year? Because usually when a, a veteran Gabe guy Gross, goes in, yeah, yeah. you get him something or whatever. Yeah. Um, the whole Rolex thing. So I go in and I get um these these unbelievable, like I don't know anything about hunting, these super binoculars where you can see like x-ray, whatever. <laughs> people. Um, and they're for hunting. And so we we had a day game and um Ned Yost, who was our manager at the time for Milwaukee, I asked him, because he's a big hunter, and I'm like, what, what should I get him? I, I, I had no idea, number one, that he wore 18 last year, and number two, I'm going to get him something. I'm, you're older guys, you got to be classy. So getting these binoculars, which <laughs> can fly to the moon probably, and so we had a, we had a, a, a day game, and uh, I gave him to Gabe that morning. Yeah, the dude almost started crying. <laughs> and he, was like, oh. he was like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" <laughs> we win the game in extra innings. He scores a winning run. The second the game's over, he gets called into the uh, manager's office and gets traded to Tampa Bay. And I'm like, <laughs> "Dude, Ned, you could you could have oh my like gosh. saved me twenty five. I'd have given them to you. I said, yeah, you could. That's twenty five hundred dollars because I think it cost like twenty five three thousand. It was like a it was a big chunk of change sure yeah mm-hmm. dude you knew this was gonna happen and you knew that i you saw me give it to him like come on Ned, are you kidding me so i gave him i gave him those superman binoculars <laughs> or whatever and he oh he took them he, he, <laughs> that was the first thing he grabbed out of his locker when he was taking everything out of there that's awesome i remember him on tampa bay too was when game yeah. comes i remember him in uh playing there so binoculars yeah, honestly, and everything yeah, I, I know for a fact he had his uh binoculars that, <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> that's incredible uh okay so present day obviously like you said you were special assignment coach with the royals you were featured at the 2022 ysu baseball first pitch breakfast um obviously we've talked a little bit about the lockout we've talked about pitch framing do you have any thoughts about the dh coming to the nl if all goes according to plan I don't like it, but I mean, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what I like. And I just think that there's, it's just more, I mean, I played most of my career in the national league yeah. and I could, mm-hmm. I mean, I worked around the pitcher spot. I knew who was going to be, if there was going to be a pinch hitting situation, I knew who I, I that's how I, yeah. I was prepared. And um, I knew what was going to happen. I could tell you, and I could tell you who's coming in in the seventh inning, you know, if it got, it's not always going to work, but if it did get to that spot, boom, boom, boom. And it's mm-hmm. already lined up in my head. Mm-hmm. So I loved it that way. Um, as far as, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm also, you're opening up more jobs, I suppose. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Um, you're not, I mean, you're going to get less injuries. And I know the Cardinals had, you know, their number one, you know, tearing oblique or whatever it yep. was. I can't remember what it was last year. So you are going to eliminate that part of it but as far as being a catcher i don't like it because that's how i but again yeah. i'm not catching anymore so it doesn't matter but again how many people put in how many catchers there are some putting that work to know what's going on throughout who's ready in the bullpen what did this guy do against this guy two months ago what did this guy i mean i don't think there's i don't i can't say it, i don't know but there's not too many of them that that know that going into a game. I mean, I didn't want to wake up at two in the morning going, "Hey, he's throwing the slider," but that's how my <laughs> mind worked. Yeah, and that's what that's what I would do. I would I literally would wake up and just, and I catch myself. I'm like, "Dude, you're in bed. Go to bed, bro." <laughs> that's how my mind worked, and um, I don't know if that's even. Yeah, I mean, yeah. as a three, I know Sal Perez does his work, and mm-hmm. I just because I was there with him for, um, and like this is how just do your work. Do Fair your enough. work, be prepared because when that situation 
comes up, you're going to be prepared and you're not going to be like, Oh, what do I do? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got to put the work in, right? I mean, that's the only way it's going to make it work. And it's with whatever you do. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. Mm -hmm. Work ethic is, is something that's being lost. And there's very few that can get to that point. Again, like I said earlier, that you better have that work ethic. Cause someone's always trying to get you. Someone's always behind you and, and ready to get you. All right. I got one more serious question for you. And then if it's okay, we just have a couple of rapid fire questions. Just first, awesome. first, uh, first thing that comes to mind, but tomorrow we wake up, Ron, Rob Manfred resigns. Jason Kendall is named commissioner of the MLB. What is the first thing you do to grow the game of baseball and try and, you know, bring in more young fans and things like that? Number one, I'm starting spring training two days later. <laughs> good, good call. <laughs> I mean, good call. That. Um, that's a good start. And- <laughs> the number, I mean, that, actually, that's it. <laughs> I'm starting baseball. I'll figure the rest out. Once you I'll, get going, yeah. I'll call Tony Clark and I'll be like, hey, Tony, the done. Whatever. Boom. Okay. They need to get a mediator in there. Yeah. I know they tried. I know they tried. Yeah. And, and then I don't know the whole court thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it shouldn't be this difficult. It really, in, in my mind, again, what do yeah. I, know? Yeah. I don't know that much? It makes but, sense. Makes that's, sense. that's the first thing you start you got just start days. yeah you got i give him four days because it is kind of a pain in the butt <laughs> <laughs> four days later we'll if you get a plane ticket yeah. and your luggage yeah. and everything yeah. yeah and stuff it's yeah that's a pain in the ass. that's awesome <laughs> well all right well we always end our interviews with some rapid fire questions so just the first thing that comes to mind shout it out uh favorite sport besides baseball football all right Great. favorite mlb jersey Okay, now okay, we're gonna call time out here. Okay, about that I wore or just in general, just in general, just in general. general. It it could be one that you wore. It could be one that maybe is Milwaukee. Okay, oh, good choice. (laughs) I can tell you, my my other brother in law uh, that married my sister, he is a diehard Brewers fan, and I told him, you know, I said, hey, we might get to interview Jason Kendall. He was through the moon. Time out. There's four brother in laws. Well, he's he's separate. He's on my side of the family. These two Uh, know him, but uh, yeah, yeah, he yeah he he's like, oh, you ask him about CC Sabathia. And I'm like, well, I, I know he, I, we, we looked up some of your Dan Patrick interviews and I'm like, oh yeah, he, I know he had a good time with, with CC Sabathia, you know, those yeah, three months, was. but uh, the Brewers are, well, he will be happy to hear that. Um, favorite MLB cap just in general. Well, the Brewers, that's what I, I, I was going towards the MVP <laughs> yeah. club. And that, that was kind uh, of, well, this one, I'm going to, this is probably the same thing. Favorite logo of all time. The, the Brewers. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, Brewers it, sweep the board. Yeah, it. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've been watching baseball since I was in like first grade. It took me until maybe three or four years ago that that vintage logo, <laughs> the glove, the ball and glove is actually not going to be. That's what I've been it's talking insane. about. I know. It's seconds. insane. It's insane. <laughs> it's the greatest logo in all of sports. And it pains me to say that as a Cubs fan, but you're not wrong. Um, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll get off some baseball stuff. If you weren't a catcher, what position would you have played? Uh, infield. They infield? actually tried to meet an infield. Um, really? Second base, yeah. Kind of like a Craig Biggio kind of thing? Yes, exactly what it was. All right. Uh, if you weren't in baseball, what would your career have been? Oof. Uh, lifeguard or a fireman? Nice. Oh, awesome. Okay. 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 Uh, favorite pitcher to catch in ge- in, in your career? I, I The three months with CeCe was CC. awesome because he never shook and he was as dominant as I've ever seen for those three months and he did things that other people wouldn't do, nor would you see today. That 08 playoff run they had was insane. It was, yeah. I was even cheering for him and I don't even like him. You know what I mean? So it was, <laughs> no, it was I, mean, I was, I was there. I got yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> I had the best seat yeah. in the house. 
preaching to the choir here. Um, what about favorite recent player that you like to watch if you're going to watch a game? I, I, you know what? And I'm going to be, this is biased, but Eric Hosmer, just because I, mm-hmm. he plays the game the right way. He plays every day. I know what he does inside the, the, the locker room. And I know he's, you got to be accountable. Mm-hmm. And he's accountable and he makes everybody else accountable too. I know he's he's one before the lockout. There were some rumors about maybe the Cubs taking a flyer on him, and I'd be all for that. But uh, now, as far as like, wow, he's good. Mm-hmm. Juan Soto. And, yeah. And, and, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Don't get me wrong. Oh Juan yeah, Soto. yeah. I love watching Juan Soto hit, and um, it's, he's phenomenal. He's special, phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I know you've you've been involved in a fair share. Uh, best memory of a bench clearing brawl. Is there one that stands out or they all kind of run together? You know what the best, the best memory is. And, and I wasn't very liked by um, the, uh, whoever was running the suspension stuff, or whatever, but <laughs> I knew I was going to catch 140 something games a year. Mm-hmm. I was never going to embarrass myself. I was never going to embarrass my team mm-hmm. city I played for um, or my family name. And there's a lot of stuff that goes on. Mm-hmm. So I knew I was going to get a four to five game suspension and that was going to be my, but I was still going to catch 140 games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, mm-hmm. the best part about the bench clearing brawls is you're not going to jail. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad, it's, it's kind of like a mini I mean, vacation. Think about it. Yeah. Where yeah. else can you go to let all your off the field problems out and just, you might get your butt kicked. You might kick someone's butt. You might get a good punch and you might not. I mean, there's 50 grown men that are very <laughs> <Right>. strong. <laughs> you know, hitting you or whatever it may be, but I'm still not going to jail at the end. No, you're not. No, right. I, I still, I love, I love watching the relievers try and run in from the outfield. And, That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, yep. And the best part about it though, is um, depending on what your road schedule is, like I, I'll be honest with you, I, I enjoyed Toronto. I mm-hmm. like Toronto a lot. So I would, Oh, you know what? I'm going to uh, take my, I'm going to drop my appeal. <laughs> I the four games in Toronto. So I'd go and I, yeah. One o'clock, I dig BP, do whatever I got to do, help whoever got it. This is just with the, um, the Oakland A's one, I think. But um, uh, and so I and then I then I'd bolt and go and have a couple pops and watch it at the bar. Nice. <laughs> All right, last you where you want to go. Yeah, yeah. It, there's there's a there's a method to the madness. It makes sense. All right, last two. Uh, best baseball movie. Hmm. Hmm. Wow, I, I, I'm going to have to go with Major League just because Bob Uecker. Yes, yes, good call. Uh, great call. And, good and, call. You know, he's just the he's Bob Uecker's the best. Yeah. Everything yeah, you've heard about Bob Uecker, and you, it, it's true. He's just he is the best. Um, it, so that's awesome. Major League. All right. Did you get to one. know him pretty? Did you get to know him pretty well in Milwaukee? Your time in Milwaukee there. Yeah, yeah. there for. Um, it was funny. Real quick stories. My son was in um, in Wichita. I was driving to Wichita last year, and I, I don't listen to baseball on the radio. Mm-hmm much so i was driving to wichita which is about three hours from from where i'm at and my son was in the um the state they ended up going to the state and they went to wichita so three hours and euchre's on mm-hmm. and i haven't heard i've never really i've never heard euchre call a baseball game because i was always playing when i was there and yeah so i texted him i'm like hey you you have no idea how excited i am i'm getting ready <laughs> to, to 
drive three hours and I get to listen to you guys. And he goes, he dropped my name on the radio. That's I'm, awesome. <laughs> he's texting me. As he, hey, oh, hey, you see that, Jay? No, no, it is okay. <laughs> it was awesome. So I had that's Bobby amazing. Texting me back and forth as he's on air, calling the mm-hmm. game, and he didn't skip a beat. It was awesome. That's incredible. That's, that's amazing. incredible. Wow. <laughs> All right, last one for you before we let you go. Bat flips, yay or nay on bat flips? I, I mean, it depends the score, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if I could hit a ball that far, I, I would. You know, I hit a couple good ones, and but I was always just running around. Um, <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it depends um, if it's a, a a bootleg one where you're depends on the score. Mm-hmm. I'm saying sense. something. I, I'm gonna if if I'm behind the plate. But at the same time, if it's a game winner, I'd throw that thing up in the upper deck. I could care less. Yeah. <laughs> you deserve it. But that seems yeah. fair. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, that seems very fair. Uh, Vinny and Greg, I don't know about you guys. Jason, thank you so much. Um, this was amazing. I can yeah, cross this off was, my yes, bucket list you. now, uh, getting to talk to a professional baseball player. This was incredible. So I hope, I hope you had some fun and you are welcome back anytime. If you ever need somewhere to talk about baseball with three, uh, you know, 30 somethings, you are welcome back anytime. Well, I mean, after I mean, depending on how I mean, this is again, depending on how big you guys get, um, <laughs> won't be allowed back into Major League Baseball. But oh yeah, you you, <laughs> you, you text I, I do it all the time. I, I, I'm actually I'm just straightforward. But no, you guys, it was awesome. It was fun. Um, and anytime you guys need me, let me know. And um, if, if there's any questions, Justin, you got my number. Yeah, yeah. Give it to Greg Benny. And um, there's questions. I know you guys are baseball uh, uh, gurus, and that's awesome to me. I mean, there's fans and. Um, and if, if there's certain questions you guys want to know, if something happens during the game or whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out and I'll, I'll get back to you. But no, anyhow, um, I wish you nothing but the best of luck with this because this is actually cool um, that you and it's laid back. So yeah. yeah. Good luck yeah. to you guys. And, and um, it's awesome. Thanks for having me. Well, again, really thank you guys. Thank it. you very much. Thank yes, you guys thank for you, joining Jason. us. Uh, if you're still listening, obviously you better be. Uh, you can reach us. On Twitter, at Baseball and What, Facebook.com slash Baseball and Whatever, uh, at Instagram, at Baseball and Whatever, and uh, you can reach us on the text or voicemail line at 913-808-3278. And that is it. We are unavailable at all podcast networks and as well as Belly Up Sports TV and Belly Up Sports Radio. So, Jason, thanks again. Vinny, thank you very much. Greg, thank you, sir, very much. And we will see you guys next time on Baseball and Whatever. Take care, everybody. Take care.